You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Close Through the Dark by Darwin XF on AO3. Chapter 3 So, Mulder said, last Thursday, three Mondays ago, tonight, the rendezvous, power lunch, and skirmish, respectively, amazing sex, all of them. I concur. But not the best sex you've ever had. Mulder, she said, rolling off of him, lying on her back. I can't compare. I won't. Each situation is unique. Well, the basic principles are the same. The anatomy. You sure? She asked. Also, she slammed him with the eyebrow. Huh. Mulder said, perching on an elbow above her, considering her thoughtfully. You had a girlfriend. She stared at him for a moment, then nodded. Junior year of college. Secret squirrel, he said, shaking his head slightly. She said nothing, pulled the edges of his shirt together at her sternum. What was that like? She eyed him suspiciously. Telling her boyfriends about her former girlfriend didn't usually go well. Before long, they'd be pressing her for salacious details. Then, weeks later, after a second beer at whatever bar, they'd be pointing out women and asking her opinion, as if she didn't know where they were hoping that would lead. As if. It seemed, however, that Mulder was merely curious. It was nice. Was it different than your relationships with men? In some ways, but not others. He was quiet, waiting for her to continue if she wished to. Her name was Camille. I desired her. Had fun with her, enjoyed talking with her, and studying with her, and all the things people do. The sex was fun, and interesting. I learned a lot about my own responses. She was sexy and so smart. And funny. And funny. How was it different? He asked softly. She was out and uncompromising about it. She had survived leukemia as a child, and she was very strong. She didn't care at all what people thought of her. Mulder was nodding. I... I was about to say I'd never met anyone else quite like that, but I realize I have. Who? Present company accepted? I've never met anyone else quite like that. Are you telling me that I'm your type, Scully? I, however, cared what people thought of me. And after five or six months, it became sort of an issue for us how inhibited I was. Inhibited. Mulder was asking the right questions, or at least not asking the wrong ones. She'd glassed the titles of his ridiculous video collection a time or two. It was in the realm of possibility, in fact, that she'd one time, after feeding his equally ridiculous fish, popped one of his videos in the VCR and gotten herself off on his couch, half hoping, half fearing he'd return from whatever far-flung place he'd stolen off to and catch her in the act. In any case, his sensitivity on the topic came as a pleasant surprise. Not sexually, but socially. I wasn't comfortable. I was all over her in my dorm room, but I didn't want to hold her hand on campus. I loved her, but I didn't particularly want to think about what that made me. Bisexual? I am, I suppose, though I haven't yet fallen for another woman. You know I've never been a bumper sticker and t-shirt type of person. I don't know. Maybe I just lacked courage. Did you tell your parents? No, but they found out anyway. How? He reached under the covers 
and rested his hand on her middle back. That feels good, she said. I'm going to be sore tomorrow. I'm sore already, you beast woman. I love you, she said. I know. He moved toward her and gathered her up, sliding his big hands up and down her stiffening spine. How's your lip? She said, grimacing, peeling it away from his gums to examine it. Good thing I'm dating a doctor, he said, shaking his head ruefully. I'll live. She kissed him gently where it was raw, sighed. I'd told a friend from high school. She told her mom, who happened to be a friend of my mom, and her mom called mine and told her, just so she'd know it was out there. What a busybody. That's generous. How'd they take it? Not good. The next time my dad was home, it was Easter as luck would have it, they confronted me. My mom cried and cried. I just wished you'd told me. Like she wouldn't have sobbed for two days if I had. They thought, they really believed, and I had let them believe, that I'd been saving myself for marriage. It was quite a shock to the family system. I can imagine, he said. My dad didn't say much. He looked at me every so often with bewildered disappointment. Basically, he assumed I'd been seduced by some snaggletooth dicosaurus. Had you? Been seduced, I mean. No. We met in the lab. I pursued her, actually. It was strange. Friendships with women were... awkward for me. I think because I moved so much as a kid. I had a few gay friends, but didn't particularly identify with them. I had always been attracted to boys, so my feelings for her took me by surprise. It was apolitical, perhaps ill-advised, but definitely born of pure attraction. And that bothered her? Not at all, but the fact that I seemed ashamed of the relationship did. Were you? More or less. The irony was my girlfriend had dumped me the week before the drama with my parents. The irony was my girlfriend had dumped me the week before the drama with my parents. She told me she was sick of falling for straight girls. I can't even blame her. Ouch. You know that heartwarming Christmas story, The Gift of the Magi Scully? This is like the companion piece. A cosmic bitch slap of the Easter Bunny. Bill Jr. accused me of trying to get attention. Douche, Mulder muttered especially galling because anyone with ears knew he screwed his college girlfriend in his boyhood bed every time he brought his laundry home for my mother to do. The old double standard. For Missy, it was the only interesting thing I'd ever done. She wanted me to quit college and move to some lesbo-feminist commune in Arizona. Charlie was still in high school. He hardly left his room. What'd you do? I went back to school as soon as I possibly could, buried myself in my studies, Spent that summer volunteering at an AIDS clinic in Haiti. Didn't go on another date until I started med school. Aw, Scully, he said, drawing her near and kissing the fused bones of her skull. I love you too, he whispered into her hair. My parents never mentioned it again, and I certainly didn't bring it up. But I also didn't bring a boyfriend home for at least six years. Not until I got serious with Ethan. Over at Shea Mulder, we did things a little differently. One day my sophomore year, I get home from basketball practice. My mom is like, Fox, I went shopping. I left some things on your dresser for you. I'm getting a bad feeling, Scully said. Yep, 
a tube of Colgate, some shampoo, a six-pack of socks, Old Spice deodorant, dental floss, and a dozen condoms. Lubricated mint, of all things. Wow. No talk? Nada. Tina could be loquacious, especially regarding gardening and antiques. But regarding awkward or painful topics, she was a vault. Your dad? Wasn't around much by then. Oh, Mulder. The worst part was, I hadn't even done it yet. Well, that is the ideal time. It doesn't do much to roll them on after. That stupid box of condoms sat in my bedside table, mocking my virginity for over a year. It's bad when your mom thinks you should be doing it. The smell of mint always brings it all back. Well, you're doing it now. These days. I like these days. Mulder, you know the Easter Bunny is pretend, right? So you say. Why do you call me Monster Boy, Scully? Are you trying to insinuate you didn't enjoy being married to me? Or should I call you Laura? Not if you want to get laid anytime soon, Rob. Well, I do. I could go right now to tell you the truth. He burrowed beneath the covers and began rubbing his stubbly chin against the softest part of her belly. She laced her fingers in his hair, scratching behind his ears. Mulder, that case had me wondering, have you met any married couples? Hmm? He said, lifting the blankets and peering up at her. For obvious reasons, we won't count my parents, he said. Let's not. Married people, especially people married more than two weeks, don't call each other pet names every chance they get. And they don't play smoochy-smoochy grab-ass all that often either, especially in public. Smoochy-smoochy grab-ass? I don't remember grabbing your ass, Scully. Well, I do, and fondly, but not on that case. He ducked under the covers again. My point is, he was kissing his way down her torso and she was working hard to remember her point. My point is, if those people hadn't been so freaked out by the murders and their CC&Rs, uh, you could have easily blown our cover with all that crap. Mulder? He reappeared. So you're interrupting my important work here to tell me I don't know how to be married? Why didn't you mention it at the time if you were so worried about our cover? That's a fair question. I'm not sure I know, actually. You're right. I don't know how to act married. I've never been married. I was nervous, uncomfortable, the whole time. Well, not when it was just you and me, but when we were Rob and Laura. The Arcadians made you nervous? I don't think so. I think it was you. As you must be aware, I was harboring feelings for you. I didn't think you quite returned them. I had to make our fake marriage a caricature or it would have seemed too real. I think I was worried my, um, desire for you would disrupt our partnership. Hmm, she said. Also, it was a little cheap. I liked having my hands on you, however preposterously. Why are we talking about this? That case wrapped up pages ago. I don't even know. Can we go back to the part where you were about to go down on me? I don't know, Scully. You must have brought it up for a reason. You brought it up? I am a moron, then. I brought it up, but not as, like, a topic. Are you sure? No. They both rolled onto their stomachs away from each other. 
the distant car alarm, which had stopped alarming, was added again. I was nervous too, she said after a few long beats. As you know, I had complicated feelings for you as well. I'm glad we finally cleared that up, he said, leaning over and kissing her. You know, Scully, I didn't mean to bring up marriage lightly earlier, but I want you to know that as serious as I've always been about my work, I am quite serious about you and me as well. I know. I am too. Good. I want to make room for this. What do you imagine that looking like? I don't know. I just know what I want, and it's more of this. If work has to move over a little, so be it. I've been a one-trick pony long enough. I could get on board with more of this. Do you think if we ever get married, they'd let me take your first name? I've suffered enough. It's a free country, but if I took your last name, we'd both be Dana Mulder. Might get confusing. There's the rub. I guess I'm forever Fox. But should we keep our last names or make up a new one? Hmm... I like Scalder better than Molly. They're both pretty bad, though. I guess Spooky's out? Yeah, that's old hat. We can hyphenate. Merry Christmas from the Mulder Scullies. That'd be hell on the kids. A look of pain washed over her face. So quickly he almost missed it. Sorry, Scully, I'm not trying to be glib. I know. I just wish that was possible. Look. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I need you to believe that if we want kids, we'll have them. The IVF may have failed, but we'll find a way. Couples do it all the time. We've solved thornier problems than that. She nodded. He brought her into an embrace. I like your name, she said, and I like your hands on me. I think that's why I didn't object, she said. For weeks after, she'd thought about how, in Gogolak's living room, his fingers hung down from his arm, slung casually over her shoulder, and kept brushing against her left breast. His voice was false and smarmy, and she knew she should have elbowed him in the ribs. But the occasional contact between her nipple and his fat knuckles, so plausibly incidental, was driving her mad. As pathetic as it was, I used our cover to cop some feels. I was a desperate man, Scully. You were so soft and yet so perky under those silly sweater sets. I knew I should cut it out, but I couldn't. He scooted down and lathed his tongue over her breast. God, I wanted you in that bed. That case was torture, she said, and not just on account of the outfits. Mulder smiled at her. It felt like the sun on her face. The tuna casserole was pretty bad, too. Being allowed only 16 pounds of dog is a travesty, Scully. Not to speak ill of the departed. I hope that's sincere, Mulder. I'm sorry about Queequeg. I'm not sure I said that properly at the time. Thank you, Mulder. He kind of smelled, but I like the little guy. I wonder if my fish would count toward the 16 pound of pet limit. And would it be their weight in water or on a scale? We had a 20-pound cat when I was a kid. Would they have made us get him some liposuction? We haven't even mentioned the indiscriminately homicidal trash monster. That was the least of our problems. 
I'll tell you what, he said, peeling back the comforter and running his eyes up and down her body, contemplating where to touch her next, and with what. Next time we go undercover as a married couple, I'll keep my hands to myself in public, like a normal married man. When we're behind closed doors, though, I'll fuck you silly. Not too silly to work the case. That would... Oh, Jesus, Mulder. Be unprofessional. Windows closed, teeth brushed, and in bed for the night, they lay side by side again, her toes brushing against the fine hairs on his calves, his hands in her hair, her chin tucked against his ribs. So, Mulder said, with the girlfriend, Camille, was that the best sex? Mulder! Kidding, Scully, just kidding, I get it. It's about context and feelings and all that jazz. Yes, for example, the sex we had earlier tonight, I vaguely recall, he said. I couldn't have let go like that with anyone else. He laughed darkly. He laughed darkly. <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Anyway, if another guy had tried those moves sometime in my past, I would have been freaked out. Why did it work between us, do you think? Well, I'm more experienced. I have a deeper and more nuanced understanding of sexuality, my own included. You're in full possession of your considerable powers. Well put. As are you. As are you. So it frees us up to mess around, he said, kissing the crown of her head. He had found the bright Ouroboros on her low back. It felt warm and alive against the very tips of his fingers. Exactly. But it's also about the depth of trust and respect between us. Not to mention attraction, he said, wagging his eyebrows. That never hurts. Neither does how sweet and attentive you typically are. In bed. Yes, at work those qualities aren't always on display. Not that I'd want them to be. I mean... You could be a little more considerate. I get what you're saying. This is all new for me, too, Scully. You're saying you've never skirmished before? Not really. Or power lunched or rendezvoused. Everything's different with you. Mulder? Scully asked abruptly. You don't seem surprised. About the girlfriend? I'm not. Why? Your friend's mom called me. She poked his gut. Ex-friend. For one thing, you've been trying to tell me all night, dropping little hints like breadcrumbs. I don't know what you mean. Well, the cross-dressing comment, among others, your ambivalence about your mom liking me, maybe even your feistiness when we made love earlier. Unconsciously, you've been sending the message. Mulder, that's too tidy for me. And reeks of confirmation bias. I'm sorry, but I view Freudian psychology as soft science. Suit yourself. Why would my unconscious mind be so eager to share that aspect of my life on this night above all others? I don't know. Speaking for myself, after seven years of mashing monsters with you, three months doing this, after the skirmish, not to mention the sweet little round of makeup sex we just had, I feel closer to you at this moment than I ever thought I would to another person. Me too, she whispered. 
Maybe it just felt like the right time to fill me in. You said for one thing. There are others? I've long suspected you harbored just a sliver of same-sex intrigue. How? Why? I profiled you. Come on. I did. She saw he wasn't joking. Spill it, Spooky. When I was at VCU, Reggie and I developed a system where we could figure out who a cop was attracted to. It only works on law enforcement? Yeah. It started as a joke when Reggie noticed this guy we work with was always ogling blonde women with huge tits. She frowned. I've never gone in for huge myself, he said, feeling her up in the dark. I'm more into, like, God, Scully. Perfect. He weighed her breasts in his hands and buried his face in her neck. Unhand me, Mulder, and tell me how you profiled me. Sure thing, he said, holding up ten fingers and returning to his pillow. When cops enter a room, especially an unfamiliar room, we case it, right? Yeah, Scully said warily. You eyeball everyone, at least briefly, looking for a threat. Reggie and I figured out that when cops don't find a threat, their eyes immediately return to the person in the room they find most attractive. The look might not linger, but if you watch someone carefully over time, you start to pick up patterns. Bosh, she said. No, it works. We tested the theory. Describe the methodology to me. Did this study have a control group? Was it set up as a double blind? Come on, Scully. Break away from the nerd herd. I'd just ask someone on the team once in a while in a bar or airport lounge who's the best-looking person in here, and I knew who they were going to point out, like 85% of the time. It holds up. All right, Mulder, I'm afraid to ask, but what do you think you learned about me using this technique? As in all areas, you're a complex and fascinating woman, he said leaning back. You're very liberal, small c, Catholic. Conventional good looks aren't all that important to you. Well, that's conveniently vague. I'm thinking your girlfriend was between 5'6 and 5'8. Strong jaw, straight dark hair, probably cut short but not too severe. Athletic build, tailored expensive clothes, double major, maybe a tattoo or two. Kind of a soft butch look. She stared at him. You're off base. Well, profiling isn't an exact science, and this method is designed to determine physical attraction, which is only one aspect of a relationship. She had wavy hair. She was 5'9". Otherwise, you're pretty on point, she conceded. He nodded. All right, Mulder, what kind of men do I like? The strong jaw is crucial across the board. She rasped her hand along his stubble. He kissed her palm. If a man is your age or older, he has to have, like, laugh lines around his eyes. Intense, intelligent eyes. He's confident. A little squishy around the middle is okay. Not too macho or muscle-bound. Any texture or hair color is okay, but bald doesn't work for you. Too bad for Skinner. She was staring at him as though he were a creature. Any ethnicity. You sometimes like men who are much older than you. You're unusually broad-minded, Scully. How am I doing so far? Continue, she said demurely. 
Once in a while, you notice a younger man, but he has to be quite a bit younger. And he has to have the jaw, of course, and be skinny, long torso, informal dress. I've actually been wondering, based on my observations, if you maybe sometime want to play Cabana Boy, Scully, if you think I can pull it off. She gazed at him nonplussed. What do you say? Maybe tomorrow night, Mulder, she said, putting her head down. I'm sleepy. He kissed her soundly, curled his body around hers. She relaxed into his embrace, tucked her head beneath his chin, and let herself feel encircled, protected, known, loved. You really are spooky. No offense. Desire is terrifyingly specific. She remembered once reading that somewhere. And you really are beautiful, and I'm glad you're in my bed. I might be getting used to this, Mulder. Maybe it's time you had a talk with Chantal. Good night, Scully, he said. Good night, she said. Sebastian. Just wait till tomorrow. Sebastian's gonna be at your beck and call. But then he's likely to flip you, Scully, like a buffalo nickel in zero gravity. You'll be on your back before you know what hit you. We'll see about that. Indeed we will, she snickered. What's so funny? I just can't imagine having this conversation with anyone else. I'm glad I'm done working out my dull, repressive family drama. You're a worthy adversary, Mulder, as well as my friend. Also, you're hot in the sack. So are you, Scully. I feel like I hit the jackpot here. What do you mean? She murmured. She was starting to drift. I mean, I fell in love with you, Scully. Before we'd so much as kissed, and I was all in. I knew you so well, yet in so many ways you were still a mystery to me. That's unusual in this day and age. I hadn't thought about it that way. So even if underneath those gloomy suits you turned out to be some kind of uptight, repressed Catholic girl- Ow! She was twisting his chest hair between her fingers. She let up, and they both dissolved into a fit of giggles. He kissed her on the lips, and they resettled against one another, traded yawns, and shifted toward sleep. Really? She said after a minute. Jackpot? Pretty much, he said, shrugging and nodding. Huh, she said. I'm sorry about how your family reacted to your girlfriend, he said. I wish they could have been more supportive. She sighed. It was painful and lonely, but in retrospect, I'm glad it happened. Why? Prior to that, my father's opinion mattered too much to me. The idea that he could be wrong had never occurred to me. He was disappointed in me, but I was equally disappointed in him, and I needed to go through that. Yeah, my parents were conservative Catholics. I didn't expect a rainbow flag reception. There was a reason I didn't tell them. But the fact that he couldn't even credit me with the appropriate agency really pissed me off. Knowing you a little bit, I can imagine that. I realized that if I was going to be happy, I'd have to work out my own definition. It prepared me to weather his disapproval when I joined the FBI. It grew me up. Are you? Happy? Heavy question, Mulder. You don't have to answer it. I will say that I wouldn't do much differently. 
if given the chance. I'm very happy to be here with you right now. Is there anything you'd change? Just my sister. I wish I could change that. As different as we were, she was a courageous and loyal person. Intelligence in her way. In her way, more so than me. I miss her. I know, he said. He held her for long minutes as sleep came up to claim them. The melancholy palpable and all too familiar. But Joy was there too, however fleeting it might prove to be, rising giddily like helium through heavy room air. He was glad, despite his habit of recrimination, he could join her in her lightness as well as in grief. Glad that she'd grown him up that much. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.